Hello, 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 Tyler Bryden here, wishing you a happy new year. Uh, before the new year closed, I had started making a video around goals for 2023. As I got partway through that video, I was on sort of the personal goal set, and I was like, wow, this video is getting long, I'm getting nervous, I'm starting to talk fast, I'm not starting to elaborate uh, on these goals as much as I'd like, and so I uh, decided, hey, in the moment, I'm going to split this into here's personal goals and here's professional goals, and I think one of uh, the overarching sort of missions in my life um, that has sort of had some conflict sometimes is that I really want to merge my professional and personal life. And uh, and so sometimes it's really hard to sort of separate these personal and professional goals and lives in, in my life and I think many of our, our lives. But it's interesting because you also, once you start to build a really strong personal life that you love, then you do want to also um, create some separation. So that's just an interesting trend that I've uh, seen emerge, especially as I've maybe gotten a little bit older as I have a lovely partner, a lovely dog. Um, you know, your your love for your family grows even more. You really do want to carve out that time uh, in, a, in a different way. And, and so um, while I'm speaking about these uh, professional goals in this video today, um, uh, there's definitely um, uh, an important place for these uh, sort of personal goals um, to have uh, priority. Uh, in my life um, as well too. And I do have, uh, you know, if you are interested in more of the personal um, goal side, again, the okay, videos hello. were sort of made to not, obviously they're, you know, a reflection for me and some time for me to um, sort of, uh, you know, build this habit of creating goals, um, setting, trying to set them right, um, uh, sharing them publicly and having some accountability on them. I talk about in this video, uh, you can see here I have like, there's some, you know, some challenges around sharing goals publicly and how it can, you know, uh, remove motivation, uh, but then also shared about, and again, links there and everything, but also shared about, um, you know, manifesting and the idea of that and putting out your goals in the universe and how powerful uh, of a thing that that can be. And so, uh, as always, links are there. Uh, I've made a couple other videos, uh, sort of just rounding up sort of a 2022 okay. end year theme and uh, and sort of, you know, what's coming for 2023. So some predictions, what am I grateful for? And then this personal goals. But today we're moving on to um, professional goals for 2023. I'm going to try to elaborate on these as best as I can. And if you're maybe a founder, you're an entrepreneur, you're running a startup, you're running a company, maybe this really starts to resonate with you, some of these goals. Um, if they do, please send me a note. And even if you're not, um, you know, uh, I think it, it's super interesting to see sort of goal setting frameworks, uh, and maybe you get some insights along the way. And for anyone who has been following the journey of myself and, and speak AI, um, you know, maybe this is an insightful look at, you know, what I'm thinking about for 2023. And, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, speak AI is the company that I co-founded with an incredible man named Vatsal Shah. Um, coming up, we have 10,000 uh, people on the platform with some great names using it. And we've built this since 2020, uh, a software that basically automatically transcribes and anal analyzes audio, video, and text data. It takes sort of like unstructured language information that's often very qualitative and turns it into quantitative uh, information and insights that can be shared and reported on really easily. And the goal there is like to unlock um, sort of uh, actionable recommendations, um, give you competitive advantages. Um, and uh, if you're working with customers, build better relationships with the customers and just help make better decisions. And so we've been working on this for a long time. And in the early stages, I mean, uh, building a software is much more difficult than building um, a website. Uh, I can tell you that. And so there's been a lot of building um, 
And now it's we're in this really interesting time where um, we've got almost yeah ten thousand people here, ten thousand people who have signed up for the platform, and um, you know we're trying to say hey how can we um, you know put this into um, a really good position and at this say the flow is there we're trying to understand why people are signing up better how to get them to get more value out of the platform getting them signed up and paying for subscriptions and then. Um, you know, continuing to create more value. So the size of those subscriptions uh, increases and more people on their team use it and they continue to get more value out of it. So we've done some super interesting, uh, you know, things, I guess that's a, a personal thing, but I, uh, I think that we have done a really good job as a small team. You see, I'm scrolling through all my uh, uh, personal goals here and that's a little teaser. I guess I got mad at Elementor for removing my bullet points, um, but I'll talk about those professional goals. I've got a screenshot of here um, at that speed and um, the first one, and then again, no real, I mean, I guess maybe there's some thoughts around the priority here, but I didn't actually list them in priority. I just wrote them down. And this was all taken from a Google sheet um, that sort of helps me sort of plan out my life. And I talk about that in the personal goals video uh, as well too. And in this case, the one of the goals is raise over a million dollars in capital. And it's interesting, I had set this a little bit later, um, but for you know many reasons, this is an important um, sort of next step in the business for Speak AI. I think we want to see that it's, um, you know, I think we want to see that it's a good enough traction of a business that is, um, is ready for additional capital to be invested and we can use that capital efficiently. We want to be able to show that we can um, articulate the vision of what we're doing here at Speak AI, show that we can differentiate and, uh, you know, make this um, uh, uh, an exciting and meaningful investment for anyone who's involved. And, you know, I've I've tried to raise capital from specifically, I would say, more venture capitals, uh, venture capitalists in, in general uh, that I've struggled with. Now, I've been successful with grants, tax credits, like even investments from like OCI, which is an invested government institution here in Canada, um, and, and then have leveraged lots of great, you know, um, uh, sort of like IRAP and things like that. But from actual sort of... Um, venture capitalists had some interaction with angel investors who maybe I should even be prioritizing, you know, more if I want to see this goal achieved. Um, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a difficult thing. And I think it's a reflection of where we are in the business, but I actually think ultimately it's a reflection of myself and a reflection of, um, you know, I would think say it's more a reflection of myself because, um, I'm usually the one presenting, talking about sharing the mission. Um, that's what I think, uh, has lots of, you know, um, you know, credibility as a CTO who's built this incredible software, but, um, you know, we don't come from these big name schools or have, uh, you know, other exits or anything like that. And so there's some things working against us from that credibility standpoint. And if I'm failing to articulate, um, the, uh, you know, the mission, the ambition, the goals, the opportunity here, then that is truthfully on me. And I think many people would say, well, Tyler, um, and I would agree, like, you know, in past years, 2020 and 2021 seemed to have been um, an easier, you know, or a really good time to raise capital. Whereas as the market has changed, 2022 uh, has gotten, you know, really difficult of, to be a fundraising environment. Valuations have dropped. The multiples on valuations or on revenue has dropped significantly. Uh, and um, great. Thank you, Norton. I, you know, I can't believe Windows still lets Norton pop up like this. Uh, and, um, 
you know, overall, like it's, it's been harder. The due diligence has taken longer. There's a lot of things going, uh, you know, probably not in the positive directions for, uh, say, a, a first time founder, uh, trying to raise money. Um, but that being said, there is a great software platform that we built. We validated there's traction, there's actual paying customers. The growth this year was, uh, in, in many metrics was actually quite strong, but then we're also looking at, um, you know, a, a great, sort of, I guess, uh, you know, headwind, which I think was, it was articulated really interestingly by Salesforce about, um, you know, basically companies that are removing the number of seats and saying maybe even having people logging in on the same, um, you know, maybe logging on the same emails to reduce the team size so their subscription costs go down. Every company is looking at, hey, what subscriptions are necessary and what are not. So if you're truly trying to uh, achieve traction and success and growth that you need to be sort of mission critical in the year that is coming. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of companies that may be even failing. And so uh, people who are predicting, um, you know, their revenue, sort of their annual recurring revenue a year out, uh, have been even recommended to maybe drop that because they don't know exactly how some of their customers are going to do. And so they might need to pull that back. Uh, and then almost, you know, start, say if it's 80%, uh, uh that, um, that stay on from the hundred that you would have predicted, you're going to have to build those customer base back up in a difficult environment where, um, you know, most people predict a recession is coming if we aren't already in one and it could be, you know, in between pretty bad and like really, really bad. So that's also going to affect how this uh, plays out. So for us, it's interesting. We've done this Toronto uh, Techstars uh, Accelerator program. I'll pull a link here just so you can take a look. Uh, and I think it was a really worthwhile uh, experience. And um, we did do um, uh, our demo day at the video. I should have linked the video. I actually have the, the pitch video in here. But um, after that, we got a lot more interest and attention than I actually thought. Um, so a lot of meetings have been set up with investors. And, you know, it's up to me to, again, execute on these. I could have these meetings. All of them could pass and I could come back to you here in whatever time period and say, well, you know, we had some good leads, but we didn't quite execute the way that we wanted to, or maybe it wasn't the right fit, the right time. There's so many variables and factors go on it, but that reach has been um, a little bit bigger than we thought, continue to get people reaching out to us. And then Techstars is continuing to push our company and team. And so uh, I talked about this in the previous video. There's this goal. It's a million dollars in capital. I haven't figured out uh, exactly the configuration of this because um, it could be, say, some angel investment. It could be some VC. Uh, um, it could be grants um, that are given out. It could be investments from government institutions like we've seen before, which maybe have you know less stiff terms. And really the goal is you want the capital to survive you know, at least, say, 24 months, but you're also not trying to dilute the company too much. But you also then want to have the uh, team that you need to be able to execute on the vision that you have. And so all of these things sort of run in parallel. They also conflict. And so you're working through that on an ongoing basis to figure out what is the optimal path to take. And really as a founder, that comes down to how much, so, you know, how much can you, what valuation can you get on your company? And a lot of people don't, you don't want to get caught up in these things, but you know, there are some things to think about here because, uh, if what, what valuation can you get on your company? And that's one fight that you're sort of having or one thing that you're setting. 
but then what we've seen as the market has sort of struggled a bit is if you raise at too high of a valuation, it's going to be hard to continue to raise at increased valuations, especially um, in this market. Now, if you have two years, you can accomplish a lot in those two years, and maybe you can set yourself uh, you know, up for a really good next fundraise. And generally, if you are fundraising, a lot of companies would say, hey, now moved, or a lot of people would say, hey, move towards break-even and profitability, which is the overall recommendation in today's market. But at the same time, um, most companies do raise successive rounds of funding if that is their plan for growth and ultimately to be um, the, a big enough company to get the returns that people investing in from, especially the VC side, uh, demand. And so all these factors are coming into play. You know, maybe it's more, um, you know, more um, valuable for me to then actually say focus on angel investors uh, and see their appetite for investing us and reaching this number with still um, ideal, you know, significant returns, but not in the same ballpark of the 100x or whatever that uh, a VC uh, is looking for. And so when I look at this implementation layer and something again, I talked about in the last video, look at, you know, first of all, I need to close these deals with currently interested investors and make sure these terms are right and everything there. Continue to grow traction and create high quality monthly updates. So one of the things that I recommend if you are on this journey and you're looking at raising funding is creating a monthly update, uh, um, you know, trying to make that as high quality as possible. Some people have different sort of, uh, you know, thoughts around this. Um, I've always gotten good feedback on and that list has grown for me about to about 800 people that I send. It's a nice little monthly update with some traction, some, you know, images, some graphs, what's next, some uh, really interesting sort of teasers and things like that, maybe some testimonials and just a lot of good pieces that show the traction, show that you're doing the work, show that you're consistent. And so if you are on this journey, I, I do recommend that. Another one that is a big part of this is this high quality sort of data room. And you need to have this to drive um, due diligence, which is, of course, as I mentioned, is <laughs> increasing. Uh, so to have a good data room ready at your disposal that you can flip out, give what they need and not more than they need, but then uh, is also, you know, instills confidence in them as they look through those documents is super important. Overall, I think that you are trying to continue to get introductions uh, from an investment standpoint. It's much easier if you can get an introduction from someone who maybe has uh, received investment from that investor and done well in the past or overall referral based into this space is a really good one and use and leverage the power of your network to get these introductions. Whether again, it's a VC, it's an angel investor, it's um, a government institution, those relationships are super important. Uh, and, uh, you know, definitely need to lean on those in 2022. And ideally, at the start of the year, and, uh, you know, where I'm driving through is this sort of time boxing element as I take a journey to uh, India, and figure all this out. And I'm definitely not uh, Sam, whatever, all Bankman Freed playing League of Legends uh, while I'm talking to investors. But there is this interesting balance that is emerging for me and I think a very important time for uh, us as Speak AI. Lastly, I, I think I talked about this actually a little bit, but, but like leverage that Techstars credibility from the demo day. I think that's a huge network. There's a lot of valuable people in it. And, um, you know, I think overall that's uh, something that uh, um, is important in this implementation layer. Now, I talk about um, the blockers here, and this is something I did for the personal goals uh, on this. And I know I'm going pretty in depth on this goal as a whole, but this is a sort of a huge weight um, that, you know, is sitting on myself. And I think it's sitting on many people. If you're a founder, if you're in startups, um, you know, uh, something to think about. So I, I've, I have, you know, skepticism about the model of venture capital. Uh, I think a lot of people do. Um, and but when you have that skepticism, where if you seem clear or undecisive, uh, you may, maybe that comes off as lacking confidence, or you're unable to answer questions. People can see it, especially if they're smart, they're good investors. They're not going to invest in you. Um, and 
And then generally there are still these expectations of venture capital model. I think they're adjusted where they're saying, hey, if you can grow two times, that's just as good. And in a, two times in a year, that's just as good as three times as a year, two years ago. But uh, ideally they're still seeing you skyrocket on growth. And yes, there is more focus on um, growth and or, or sorry, profitability and sort of revenue generation than in the past because of the sort of market conditions we're in. But they sometimes want to see you, uh, you know, they'd rather almost see you fail uh, for the tax write-off than become with this idea of a zombie company. So take a look into some of those thoughts uh, if you have, and I'm more than happy to chat about them. I think I've talked about these in a couple of previous videos and just other blockers, lack of like, again, bad data room, inability to articulate. For us, it's the story. Why are we doing this? How are doing us what's the mission that go to market strategy how do we go to market in this and especially in this market and then i think differentiation as a whole because it's uh you know it's a competitive space that a lot of people are hearing things about and a lot of people are investing in but that also creates a bubble creates nervousness around the the hyper competitiveness of it the saturation of it and um and i think that that's going to continue I, and i still question that for any market but it's a trend that has come up with us a couple last things are like losing momentum with traction metrics. So if our traction starts to fade, that's a difficult thing to talk about. And maybe there's some understanding about the market conditions, but overall, um, a super difficult thing. Just generally poor sales, I guess, from my side. And in the end, investment is sales. I don't have good closing skills with investor, which I feel I don't have that skill set at the time. I have it better with customers than I do. And even with customers, sometimes it's not ideal, but they're much usually smaller, at least right now, smaller numbers uh, than what an investor might be doing. And then the last part there is the market environment. But there are also some sort of thoughts that with valuations becoming more fair, more due diligence, uh, dry powder, sort of capital sitting on the sideline that needs to be invested, that this might maybe um, a decent year um, in, for investors to invest in businesses. And if you can sort of set that scenario up properly, um, there is still a chance for you to move forward successfully. So that is one uh, uh, big goal. And I promise these are sort of, I had more sort of smaller uh, chunks uh, for the um, personal goals. Uh, this, I've just got a couple sort of big ones that I'm, I'm touching on. This next one is to hit 1 million in annual recurring revenue. And um, this is ARR, annual, again, annual recurring revenue, makes sense. But this is a big ambitious goal. It's, 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 it's something that I'm trying to think about at the, you know, with the current model at Speak. And with Speak, you can sort of like go in, you can customize uh, plans. It's this great, you know, software as a service, uh, free um, sort of this model where you can self sign up, you can get the free trial, you can do that. And, uh, and, and it's allowed us to get clients at a, you know, at a pretty good rate and customers at a pretty good rate, get a lot of data, get a lot of feedback and understand how people um, are using Speak. And, and that's been super, super helpful. But we've also, um, and, and we've sort of adhered to this product-led growth idea. And with that, we've seen success in this journey and especially with sort of the, um, you know, the, uh, you know the, the sort of funnel of like, getting people to hear about us, then sign up for the free trial and then test it. And then if that test goes well and there's value proposition there, then signing up for the paid plan. But what we're finding in that product flow, um, especially maybe in the market that we're in, is that um, it's hard to get the conversion rate that you want and it's hard to get the, um, the, the deal size that you want. And I think that's something that we're working through um, this year. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of sort of 
of really strategic self-assessment of how to do this. And one of them, as an example, which is counterintuitive, is that we don't let people sign. Just as an example, we don't let people sign up. We actually make them do a demo with us um, or at least maybe a subset of customers to do a demo with us because what we're finding in user interviews and customer interviews is they're not understanding a lot of the valuable functionality that's in the system because it's sort of hidden and that's up to us to then increase the improve the onboarding experience and the discoverability of the value within the platform but then also to educate uh people properly and maybe part of that is the demo in a conversation so from that implementation side it's you need to get more signups right now we're at like say 50 signups a day uh, that's a good day for us and a lot of that's coming through organic search we've got some facebook ads running got some google ads running that all sort of accumulates we're we want to see 100 we want to see 500 per day um, and ideally, if we can get that free trial rate to 1%, then we're seeing, uh, or sorry, the free trial uh, conversion rate is already around 1%. If we can increase that more uh, and then sort of increase those signups, we are going to see new customers signing up every single day, revenue being generated every day. And that's a great spot. That's obviously the spot that we want to be in. Uh, we do think this is a big market where there's multi-language capabilities that we're building. And there's a lot of good stuff on its way that's going to allow us to, to do that. And I think we're continuing to release features, continuing to rank on SEO and continuing to find other channels to drive um, acquisition. But then there's that work to do on the uh, actual acquisition of user sign up to paid uh, user. And um you know, a couple other things on this are just uh, creating more high quality content at scale. That's something we've worked at. It's hard with the team size that we have. So we're trying to figure out the best way to do that. And there's some interesting things that we're doing right now that I'll share in another piece. I think there is this need for salespeople and for anyone who's doing product-led growth, um, it is a beautiful thing, but I do think it's a bit of an anomaly um, that you can fully drive growth to get to where you want to be on a self-serve basis. And so we need a, you know, inbound uh, a sales rep to talk to the valuable subset of people who are signing up for our platform every day, as well as start to build that outbound sales process that is repeatable, that's profitable. And that's the next point on that is systemizing sales into a repeatable and profitable um, process. And, you know, with those things, if executed right in the right timeline, there uh, is the chance of this goal happening. But I think there's also some things for us to do. And, you know, if I look at blockers from a security and compliance standpoint, maybe ISO, SOC 2, things like that's why we've looked at the investment to be able to achieve that quicker. Um, I just think overall lack of focus and execution. I think um, if we are doing, um, you know, a salesperson, are we hiring the right person for this? And we've struggled with this in the past. And it was a much earlier stage where we didn't exactly know who we were selling for. We didn't have that many data points. We were lucky to get 50 people uh, signed up a month, not 50 people a day. Uh, so that's another thing. And I just think overall it, we could we've been in the ballpark of getting it right where we're making decisions about product development and sales and marketing. You know, we generally get it somewhat right, but I think there, uh, you know, is always a risk of making poor decisions. Uh, and we're trying to mitigate that risk by talking to users, talking to customers so that we're building the product that they want that actually creates value. Uh, and when value is created, um, there is, uh, you know, the opportunity, um, for revenue, um, generation. And so, the last part there, I think, of on the blocker is just like lack of funding, um, whether that's self-funding it ourselves or taking on additional capital to invest. 
and I say it you know, all the time to people now is we're in the stage right now, we're building, we're selling, that's all we're really doing. Uh, and, uh, and so we're gonna continue uh, to, to do that. And um, if we don't have the capital to do that or we don't execute this early enough, maybe especially some of that capital raise or figure out some things, um, then the, the, the end of the year could be um, you know, a difficult, um, uh, you know, difficult time. So we wanna make sure that that's avoided. And a couple last things um, that, that I'm touching on here, I'll go quickly over this one. It's just a loan that you took on the business. This was the one that many took, which is nice that it's not personal liable, but um, there's a super interesting one. It was a CERB loan that, you know, there was parallels to this in many countries. We took one that was, actually I think it was $40,000. Yes, it was $40,000, 10 of thousand, which is very nice of Canada, which is considered a grant if 30,000 is paid back before December 31st, 2023. So we're gonna see what happens with this, especially depending on where the market goes. But the reason why this was on this Google sheet list is because that deadline. Uh, and so there's some, some sort of urgency on it, but in the end, um, you know, we'll see at the time and as that date arrives, which will be um, the right action to take with this. Um, I'm still not sure as I'm sort of looking at. And then my last one, uh, I did talk about this fun time. I've got some goals here uh, that were the fun time. Those were my personal goal list. I'll just end on this sort of last goal um, from a professional standpoint, and that is to produce a successful generative AI project. And if you know me, uh, you have seen uh, you know content all around this stuff. I've been following it for a long time. There was even early prototype videos of me hacking away at what I would consider generative AI through very simple functions uh, a few years ago. And I just didn't know exactly how quickly and amazingly this was going to come. And I haven't truly defined what, um, what sort of success is uh, in this uh, journey. If you you know haven't seen, we did do this uh, sort of speak AI magic prompts where uh, you can actually leverage prompts uh, in natural, the big large language models to get like incredible sort of responses and concise answers, some super interesting things that are coming out of this. So I actually feel like this was a, uh, a goal that I had, but I didn't exactly know what it looked like and I still don't, but we're already taking the steps from the implementation layer by embedding it in speak, creating content around it. Um, I'm, uh, you know, experimenting with new releases and new prompts. We're sharing insights as quick as possible because I think there's a huge education component to this. And then obviously it's up to us to market and do this properly. And there's even some technical limitations with these systems around, you know, character limits uh, that you can analyze at once. So how can you analyze longer files, compile that context all together to make you know, meaningful outputs without, um, you know, if you have, you know, say, uh, transcript is split into four things, uh, for peach for chunks, it doesn't have that understanding of each chunk. And so you say you want a summary, but it has to split each chunk. Um, you have four summaries. So then what you might need to do is then say, Hey, summarize these four summaries, but how, much are you abstracting the understanding away and how accurate is the actual output? So these are some of the interesting things that we're thinking from already a technical limitation layers we've seen our customers and users interact with these prompts. And you know, I think just a couple of last ones are just like the speed at this market is just going crazy. Uh, so, um, you know, we could see, we could fail, we could fail to execute. We could see this sort of market opportunity fade away. I think this is going to be a very bubbly market in this year. A lot of people move from, you know, crypto and NFTs to AI and generative AI. It's a hot space right now. Everyone wants a piece of it. And when that happens, uh, you know, the competition rages and, uh, you know, it can be a difficult spot to be in and lots of companies will be successful, but lots of companies will fail. Um, technical limitations as I touched on. And then, um, yeah, just like failures to find differentiators because if everyone can simply hook into these systems, um, then um, where's our differentiation sitting 
um, within the stack. Uh, so super interesting. Those are, I mean, I know those are, it's only like four goals, but those are, uh, what I found in the past is that the more goals you have, the more diluted your effort gets, the more diluted your focus gets, and those can all be, um, you know, uh, harmful um, uh, to you wanting to see your main ones go forward. So I've talked a little bit about prioritization in the last in the last video. Um, in sort of uh, our, our business, we also use sort of this OKR model, which is super interesting. If you are, you know, uh, if you want to check out this, uh, which you know, companies like Google, uh, Netflix, a lot of great. Um, um, sort of organizations who have set precedents in, in success have used it. Uh, and so we use this for setting. So there are more subtasks for achieving these goals, but you need to have the overarching um, sort of vision to then be able to successfully complete um, the, uh, you know, the milestones that you need to actually get there. So this was my, uh, I guess, professional goals for 2023 video. Um, I hope you got some sort of insight from it. You can see a little bit about what I'm focused on. I hope that if any of those goals aligned with anything that you're having in your life that um, they maybe helped you think about it or um, you know set you up for maybe a way to lay it out that resonates with you and overall I just as always just appreciate anyone who follows these logs I know these videos are a little more sort of personal to me and I'm sort of sharing that but um, I think it's a sort of important meditation important time especially at the start of a year um uh you know we're about to jump back in depending on who you know who you are and what you're doing you're going to be hot going back into sort of the world as we've coming out of the holiday season here and i'm wishing you all the best um if you if you ever need help or any thoughts please feel reach if it's just a comment or whatever i always try to respond back and uh thank you again for everything as we finish off 2022 and uh, we head into a big uh, year in 2023 Bye-bye.